The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and today. 1965, Part 6, December 1st through December 31st. December the 3rd, 1965, with a tour of the United Kingdom set to launch on this day, and with a single scheduled for release today, the Beatles issued their sixth LP record. Produced by George Martin, as usual. The album was called Rubber Soul. Oh, that was Paul's title. It was like, yeah, blues, I suppose. Meaning English soul, you know. Rubber Soul, I suppose. Just a pun. The title Rubber Soul was kind of, hey man, it's got soul. It's a lot of soul, a lot of soul, that music. It was a spoof on that, you know. Seemed nice and amusing, very us, you know, very wacky. Plastic Soul, man, Plastic Soul. Paul then explained to his bandmates that Plastic Soul was a phrase used by black musicians to describe Mick Jagger. You see, there's no great mysterious meanings behind all of this. It was just four boys, you know, working out what to call a new album.
We'll play your record. Um, <laughs> track from what your is it? new LP. I don't know what it hit, is. Hit, We're going to ask you to choose hit, hit. one. Well, how about... Um, uh, oh, let us think. Maybe you it? can drive my car. Oh. Beep, beep. Okay. represented a major departure for the band. They were no longer just a high-power rock and roll band playing a mixture of rock standards along with their own numbers. Now an element of the intellectual side of the Beatles was seen. From the punning comment on Britain's growing infatuation with soul music that became the album's title, to some of the social commentary showing up in the lyrics. I left you 
Producer George Martin describes his involvement. I think Rubber Soul uh, really was the first of the albums which really uh, presented a new Beatles to the world. Up to then, we had been making albums rather like a collection of their singles. And now we were really beginning to think about albums as a bit of art on their own, you know, being a bit pompous about it. But we were trying to uh, think of the album as an entity of its own. And Rubber Soul, I think, was the first one to emerge in this way. John Lennon. Rubber Soul really was a matter of having all experienced the recording studio, having grown musically as well, but mainly having experienced the studio and knowing the possibilities. It's been a long time, now I'm coming back home. I've been away now, oh how I've been alone. If your heart breaks, don't wait, turn me away. And if your heart's strong, hold on, I won't delay. Wait till I come back to your side. We'll forget the tears we cried. I feel as though you ought to know that I've been good, as good as I can be. And if you do, been a long time, now I'm coming back home. I've been away now, oh how I've been alone. Wait till I come back to your side, we'll forget the tears we cried. I feel as though you ought to know that I've been good, as good as I can be, and if you do... Recording engineer. The musical progress, shall we call it, or the musical change that they were going through, did involve greater thought in terms of sounds. They became more fussy. Nicely so, of course. I mean, obviously, uh, they wanted to improve their sounds. They they had to, I suppose, try to think of, of, of new sounds. 
and this meant a, a certain amount of um, experimentation. It certainly meant a good deal more frustration. They, they were getting more and more interested in unusual sounds. And George Martin. They were trying out new instruments and always coming to me saying, what, what ideas have you got for this, you know? We'd be saying, well, can we, we're only go and, and e, e, and he'd say, well, look, chaps, I thought of this this afternoon. And we'd say, oh, great. John says that this is the song that is consciously about his life. It was written on a bus going into Liverpool one day and completed with lyrics about friends and lovers ten years later. Then he gave it to Paul, who wrote the middle eight. There are places I remember See Me is another song by Paul. George and John back him on vocals while Paul plays piano and their longtime friend and helper Mal Evans plays Hammond organ. When I call you up, your line's engaged. I have had enough, so I Should one 
John was trying to write about an affair that he had had without letting his wife know. It was a semi, um, I guess I was very careful and paranoid because I didn't want my wife at that time to know that there really was something going on outside of the household. And I, I did, I'd always had some kind of affairs going. So I was trying to be sophisticated in writing about an affair, but in such a smokescreen way that you couldn't tell whether it was real or it was another Beatles story about she loves him and he loves it. Okay. But it was, I had, I can't remember any specific woman that it was to do with, but it was... Was Norwegian con- No, I don't know how the hell I got to Norwegian Wood, you know, the actual title. John played guitar and sang at the same time. Then he asked George, who had just acquired a sitar, if he could play it to the tune he'd written. I just picked the sitar up and kind of found the notes, and I just kind of played it. On page 102 of his 1980 autobiography, I, Me, Mine, George Harrison wrote that Norwegian Wood was an accident as far as the sitar he played on it is concerned, and that characterization didn't sit too well with John. Norwegian Wood is my song completely, and that's another thing that hurt me in George's book where he says he didn't count the sitar on Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood is the first song that ever had a sitar on it, and it wasn't a casual throwaway like George implies in his book. And when he got the solo down, it just seemed to hit the spot. They dubbed the track in.
Woods, or This Bird Has Flown, featuring John's vocal, with some help from Paul, and George showing his interest in the sitar. It was mainly written by John whilst he and George Martin were on a skiing holiday in San Moritz with their wives. Norman, as the engineer on Rubber Soul, did you see any changes in the Beatles? This is purely my own personal point of view, but um, I did see that uh, there was something not, not as nice as it used to be in the days when we were a happy family that uh, there was this uh, indication of a, of, of a musical uh, deviation coming between them. Uh, John and Paul, most certainly.
Ringo always wanted to write a song. He came up with the beginnings of this country-flavored song, which Paul and John put together for him. Uh, Ringo, uh, one question. Uh, how much did you contribute to What Goes On? And are you contributing to any other Lennon-McCartney composition? I, um, about five words to What Goes On. and I haven't done a thing since. <laughs> the track features some more Chet Atkins-inspired guitar work from George Harrison. after his girlfriend Jane Asher left him to try acting in Bristol. Paul was lost without her and wrote this for Jane. It has Ringo on Hammond organ. Soon. 
Every single record to have a different sound. We never wanted to get trapped in this The Mersey Beast. We were really getting into a lot of different sounds on the record. And I think the songs also, the actual lyrics, were, were, were changing from not so much uh, I want to hold your hand, love me do, you know, lovey dovey dovey, to like the drive my car Norwegian would, you know, you won't see me, nowhere man. I mean. Our whole attitude was changing. Um, We'd grown up a little. I think grass was really influential in a lot of our changes, especially with, with the writers, you know. So because they were writing different stuff, uh, we were playing differently. We were all expanding in all areas of our life, you know, opening up to a lot of different attitudes. Here's John singing about a dream girl. He considered it one of his best. Is there anybody going to listen to my story All about the girl who came to stay She's the kind of girl you want so much it makes you sorry Still you don't regret a single day Ah, girl so hard to leave her she will turn to me and start to cry and she promises the earth to me and I believe her after all this time I don't know why ah girl 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 she's the kind of girl who down when friends are there you feel a fool when you say she's looking good she acts as if it's understood she's cool John was trying to write a song one day, but couldn't come up with anything. Every songwriter hits a dry spell. 
Discouraged after a while, he went to lie down and reflected on his inability to create. He thought of himself as a nowhere man. Sitting there doing nothing and going nowhere. And the song came right out. George plays a great lead guitar on the track. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land Making all his nowhere plans for nobody Doesn't have a point of view Knows not where he's going to Isn't he a bit like you? second George Harrison song is his best to date. The vocal is perfect, and John and Paul round it out with some superb three-part harmony. George has said that If I Needed Someone is like a million other songs written around the D chord. If you move your finger about, you get various little melodies. There is also an obvious influence of the birds, or the bird sound, which was very big at the time. Here's Roger McGuinn of the birds. John and George would hang out with David and I. They were the most curious about what we were up to musically. You know, they, they were sort of like probing us to see where we were coming from musically and everything. Yeah, they were fascinated by what we were into. You know, they, they, want, they wanted to compare notes and like they showed us their, their roots and in some places they were similar and in some places they went into different things, you know. Like uh, when we went into folk music and all that finger-picking stuff, they didn't know how to do that at all, you know. And uh, they were into more bar chords and kind of like, um, you know, like a... Uh, Mm, rock and roll influence, you know, more than we had. 
song on the album was by John, although he never liked it because he wrote it very quickly. It was loosely inspired by a line from Baby Let's Play House, which went, Listen to me, baby, try to understand. I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. And I'll be baby, come back, baby, go. Come back, baby, go. Come back, baby, I won't play out with you. I'd rather see you dead, little girl, than to be with another man. He liked the line and wrote the song around it. The quality of production was going up as well. 
From the gorgeous cover photo by Robert Freeman to the final sounds of the tracks recorded, John Lennon said of Rubber Soul, We're getting better technically and musically, that's all. I mean, we finally took over the studio. I mean, in the early days, we had to take what we were given, you know, and we had to make it in two hours or whatever it was. And one, three takes was enough, and, and we didn't know about you can get more bass and do it. We, learned, we, we were learning the technique, and Rubber Soul, we were sort of more precise about making the album. We took over the cover and everything, you know. Photographer Robert Freeman, who shot the Meet the Beatles with the Beatles cover photo, was brought in to shoot the Rubber Soul cover as well. Freeman achieved a slightly surrealistic effect by using a special lens and an odd angle pointing his camera up at the red-eyed faces of George, John, Ringo and Paul. I like the way we got our faces went longer on that album. <laughs> cover where we look stretched, the photos stretched. That was the kind of thing would happen then, which... We were all very into that kind of random, little exciting thing that would happen. Uh, the photographer was Bob Freeman, and he'd taken some pictures around at John's house in Weybridge, and we just had our new gear on the Polar Necks, and we would do straight um, mug shots, four of us all posing. And he came uh, back in London. He was, he was in someone's flat, and he was showing us. He had a little carousel of slides, and he had a piece of um, cardboard stuck up on a little chair, there was album cover size, and he was projecting the photographs exactly onto it, because you could imagine exactly how it had looked then as an album cover. Yeah. Which is kind of a good way to do it. But just as he, we'd, we'd just chosen the photo, we said, well, that one looks good, and we all, like, we all liked ourselves in one particular shot. And he um, was just winding up when, the, when the, the, the card it was on just fell backwards a little bit, and it elongated the photo, and it stretched, and we went, oh, can we have that? Can you do it like that? He said, well, yeah, I can print it like that. He said, yeah, that's it. And in the cover's top left corner, lettered in a proto-psychedelic style, was the album's title. Rubber Soul! Rubber Soul was received very favorably by the critics and the public. Did sound good. Most said it was their best record to date, and many wondered if they could ever surpass it in the future. It's one of my favorite albums. I think it's a great album. Every album they released made it harder to follow up. On the same day that Parlophone released Rubber's Soul, they also released the single Day Tripper, backed with We Can Work It Out. Both songs were good enough to be A-sides, and in fact it was flipped over after a few days, and the B-side, We Can Work It Out, became an A-side as well. Day Tripper is an extension of Ticket to Ride. It's original, fresh, and catchy. Written around a guitar hook, it was certainly an obvious nod to the Rolling Stones, who at that time were challenging the Beatles as top band in the world.
George Martin. Well, certainly competition never did them any harm. Um, and they, they were very aware of the Stones. I used to see them quite a bit, and there was undoubtedly rivalry between them. Stones were the much harder of the group. They were the, the punkers of the day, if you like, the uh, new wave, if you like, and the, and the Beatles had the, were running the risk of becoming very elementary and conservative in relation to the Stones. So I guess that did sort of uh, make them sit up and take notice. Also on Friday, December 3rd, with the single Day Tripper and the album Rubber Soul released in the UK, the Beatles embark on a tour of Great Britain. This was to be the group's last homeland tour, visiting only nine venues, eight cities, in ten days. Although this was a Beatles tour, the opening acts for this show were Steve Aldo, a soul singer from Liverpool, Pearl Marsden, young female singer from Liverpool. Comes now the 16-year-old swinging songstress, bouncy, bubbling Beryl Marsden. Morriston recalls the tour. I'd done a few gigs with the Beatles in Liverpool, like the Tower Ballroom, places like that. And, um, and then eventually um, they asked me to come on the, on the very last tour, you know, the last tour that they did. I think it was the end of 65. So what was that like? It was mad. <laughs> Completely insane. Um, it was just this, it was, it's very difficult to explain. It was, it was mania. It was a total mania. You know, they used to call it the Beatlemania. Yes, yes. And it, it was like this. As soon as the, the curtain went up when they were standing there ready to play, it was, it was scary, actually. It was just this screaming, and like, and it didn't stop. It, it, didn't, it didn't kind of stop and then start again. It just was just there, this terrible like, mania, you know, for, for the whole time they were there. And when you were playing, you obviously playing as a support band, when you came yes. on, I guess people didn't scream when you were playing, did they? I mean, they did, I don't know. No, no actually, I felt quite lucky. I a really good reception, fortunately, and, and people listened. And Because yeah. uh, I know John said, you know, I think he made a comment about it. He said, you're really lucky people are listening to you because they're not listening to us. And it's just, it, they weren't enjoying it anymore. You know, which was really sad. And also people, you know, the girls were throwing things at them all the time. The stage was littered and all kind, you know, and all kind. If they said anything like, I like jelly tots or I like something, then they'd be bombarded with them, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it was, it, was, it was great for me to be on the tour, but then also a little sad, because I couldn't hear them either. 
And you know, they're such a great band to listen to. Yeah. So going on tour with and Only Heard is like screams. It's um, yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> and presumably you got a bit friendly with them, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit. They were great guys, you know, very, very down to earth. And, and um, you know, I, th I think people were afraid to, to approach them for some reason. And, and so they, I think they had to go out and approach people because people didn't want to go and talk to them for some reason, you know. And, and they were just really down to earth. Loved chatting to people. I mean, George knocked on the door once or twice asking me for an iron. You know, just, just, I said, do you want to chat? I said, yeah. So I just sat there and just chatted about things, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. People build up an image, don't they, of somebody, and it's kind of, they feel they're unapproachable on, on, a, on a human level, but actually what everybody really wants is human contact. Without doubt, definitely, definitely. Also on the Beatles tour was a Liverpool band called the Cobos. vocal group called the Marionettes. When the sun beats down and melts the top up on the roof When your shoes get so hot you wish your tired feet were fireproof Under a A NEMS group called the Paramounts, which later regrouped as Procol Harum. I know you think I won't amount to anything. You keep reminding me I'll never have the means. You buy your fancy clothes and treat you like I said someday. and the Moody Blues featuring Denny Lane.
The Beatles' UK tour of 1965 was also their final one as a group. It began with two shows at the Odeon Cinema in Glasgow, Scotland. Their set list consisted of 11 songs, starting with I Feel Fine. Baby's good to me, you know she's happy as can be, you know she's so. I'm in love with her and I feel fine. She tells me all the time, you know, it's so I'm in love with her and I feel fine I'm so glad she's my little girl She's so glad she's telling all the world That a baby buys a thing, you know It buys a diamond ring, you know, it's so She's in love with me and I feel fine Yes, I know oh, 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 oh. Baby says she's mine, you know she tells All the time, you know she's The concert continued with the songs She's a Woman, If I Needed Someone, Act Naturally, Nowhere Man, Babies in Black, Help. Then John played Electric Organ on We Can Work It Out before giving it up to Paul as he played yesterday. The last songs were Day Tripper and I'm Down. From Glasgow, the tour continued to Newcastle-upon-Tyne on December 4th. Then, on December 5th, they played two shows at the Empire Theatre in Liverpool. During the second show, Paul briefly joined the supporting act, the Cobas, playing drums during their version of Dizzy Miss Lizzie. From Liverpool, the balance of their tour itinerary was Ardwick, Manchester on December 7th, Sheffield, Yorkshire on December 8th, the Odeon Cinema in Birmingham on December 9th, the Odeon Cinema in Hammersmith, London, on December 10th, Finsbury Park, London, on December 11th, and finishing up the tour at the Capitol Cinema in Cardiff on December the 12th. You better slow down. The Beatles, having completed a tour of Britain with the Moody Blues just before Christmas, didn't go into a Christmas show as they had done two years previously. On December 17th, the British fan club magazine releases their third Christmas record, produced by George Martin. 
My trouble seems so far away Now it looks as though we're here to stay I believe in yesterday don't forget, Christmas is coming. Oh, that reminds me. Let's do a Christmas record. Let's do a Christmas record. Yeah, what should we say? That's um, a good idea. Ad-lib we've got to thank everyone. Remember to thank. Yeah. Thank you. You can't add lib too much because well, you, you, you miss. Well, thank you, Johnny. It's been a nice to know you. Got to thank everyone for all the presents this year. Yes. And, uh, all for buying the records. Yeah, especially the chewed-up pieces of chewing gum <laughs> and the playing cards made out of knickers. On behalf of John and I. George speaking, I'd like to thank you for all the Christmas cards and presents and birthday cards and presents and everything, too, as well. On behalf of George and I, I'd just like to thank you all for the Christmas treatment and all the rest of it. Thank you. <laughs> well, Ringo, what have we done this year? I see you haven't shaved again. <laughs> well, Ringo, what have we done this year? We've done a lot of things this year, Paul. Yes. Well, we've been away. Yeah, and like last back. year. <laughs> Yeah, we've come back already. Aye, we've yeah, had we've a lot back. of presents sent to us for our birthdays and Christmases. Yes, we'd like to thank you. Thank, you, thank you for the presents and the cards. Thank you for the presents. Happy Christmas to your listeners, where in you can do. We belong to everybody, don't you think you knew? Oh, we tutter the Jack McGregor pan his bunny ho. Hack your bunny Christmas with a pound of Irish too. Thank you, John. Down in the pigeon with the old black door, we got some, we got some. Down in the pigeon with the old black door, we got some, we got some. For the sake of old Lang Syne, for the sake of old Lang Syne, my dear, for the sake of old Lang Syne. One, two, or three. Well, for the sake of old Lang Syne, that reminds me, Ringo. Yes. Last year, you was here. We was here, around the same old mic, down in the studio. Same old guitar, same old faces. <laughs> it's the same old song, but a different meaning. Copyright, Johnny. Copyright, can't say that. Hey, yeah. Uh, all right, what are we going to do? What's out of copyright? Um, yeah. How about Should... we'll get the lilacs in an old brown shoe? Yeah. Yes, that's out of copyright. But, uh, Let's play a request for Christmas-y. all the boys in B-A-O-R-E. Yeah, all right. What should we play for them? Because we got some fans in the forces. Well, know? here in Munich, it's not quite as fine as it is in London. Well, Kenneth, the weather's the raining here. Bad. It's not very good. Oh, it's not bad over here, but some, you know, we had a bit of rain and all that. Yeah. Stay tuned in. It's five-way link-up. If you've enjoyed this programme, tune to 29314567 megacycles. If you can't find that, drop it. That looks as though it's about it for this well, year. Well, should cover Israel. We certainly tried our best to... Uh, please everybody. Please everybody. If we haven't done what we could have done, we've tried. And if you haven't got yours, send Fortens in and get a free one. And seeing as we gather around the Christmas microphone here in the studio, we might as well get together with a little Christmas message for you. 
which goes something like, like this. this. Christmas comes but once a year, but when it does, you know it's here because we've got an Singing. Christmas comes but once a year, but when it does, it brings good cheer because we've got the. Yesterday, you are all my troubles in so far away. Now it looks as though the hitches day. Oh, bless you all on Christmas Day. Christmas Day. This year has turned out to be a big year for us. Christmas Day. One of our biggest years. Since we can remember Christmas Day, and we can remember a lot of big years. Correct. Take, Correct. take bugs. Christmas Day, Christmas Day, and especially those abroad and those of you in BOR two four five nine seven eight three. Christmas Day. There's a lot of us here. One of which a lot of you there, and the weather's perfectly all right. Thank you. And don't forget the old and the new. Some folks blue and some folks green. You take no notice of them. It's an all-white policy in this group. Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Now it looks as though the heat is thick. Once a year. Aye, and when it comes, it brings good cheer. So don't Christmas Day. Day. <laughs> I'm oh about to buy the Christmas Day. All right, fade it there, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Okay, put the red lights off. And this is Johnny Rhythm just saying good night to you all and God bless you. All right, well, uh, that's got it done then. Uh, what are we going to do now? Has he turned it off? I think he has. Have you turned it off, lad? Hey, Basia. All ends well when the Beatles wish everyone a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Who's got the ball? Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. And a Happy New Year. On the second day of Christmas, my true love said to me, Boo, boo, ba do ba do boo. Pretty soon, Henry was to find out that his wife had been made the widow by the former butcher of the village. Yeah. She, of course, left unheard of. The next thing we knew, that Harry was down with the flu. Well, of course, we knew he hadn't been out, so we were decorted, obviously, off her. Now, she was carrying it around like a bad thing. Over to the studio. <laughs> Thank you. Well, back here in the studio, conditions have definitely improved. <laughs> conditions have definitely improved, and it is certainly now looks as though we are going to get this uh, show on the road. The boys are now tuning up for their record, and it sounds like uh, George is in pretty good voice. It sounds like he is. Bonfire night. Bonfire night. All is right. This isn't the baby we used in the test, but we got Mrs. Williamson to slice up a fresher baby. And here is the baby now in the, in the process of being sliced. There you go. Now, as you see, 
the smaller slices are the only slices that are allowed into the box. Now, all the bigger slices, like the limbs and the head, we keep out and we use in uh, various other uh, meat products, such as pal, uh, kennel meat and other things like that. But you, the buyers, must realise that only the small part of this child will end up in your family frozen pack in your shops from It's Friday. not a very pretty sight, I can tell mm. you. It's not a very pretty sight seeing a little baby sliced up on a, on a slicing machine. It's not too pretty, folks. Do you mean those uh, little saw white spots in the back? Oh, yes, I use gumsticks, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, right. Well, I think it's time to put the baby to sleep, eh, Ringo? <coughs> Come along, Daz. <coughs> Come along. Well, down here at the station, the uh, constable has just given me their reports for the evening, and the, uh, the winner of the personality report for this evening, the best report and neatness taken into account was P.C. Lennon. P.C. Lennon, please come forward and collect your this year's award for the neatness rep uh, personality report as uh, uh, down at the station. Well, thanks very much for the prize. I must say I'm very happy to have it. It's the first time I've won a policeman. I'm going to look after him like he was my own. Yes, it was a wise man who said Christmas comes but once a year. And when it comes, it brings good cheer. Certainly come again this year. Where's all the good cheer we used to know? Maybe we're not pulling together, ladies and gentlemen. Going to finish the job we set off to do. Maybe we ought to all pull together with a one concerted effort and put our party in the lead. Welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, and welcome. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the Festival of Pipe Music. Here, in the Bavarian Alps, we always hold this festival once every two hours. <laughs> Hello, Fritz. We're having a bit of a loon up. Are you coming over? Yeah. That was one of our German pipe players saying a few words to you. you We've got him here on this occasion of Christmas, and he's going to say a few words. And now, Fritz Schwedelbrunn. And now, Fritz Schwedelbrunn. Hello, Fritz. <laughs> We're having a bit of a loon up. You're coming over. I wish you Merry Christmas. We wish you Merry Christmas. We wish you Merry Christmas. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the R. Steadfoot. This is the annual prize given, which we hold every two hours. This is the prize given now, where we're going to present the prize to the farmer with the most promise this year, Mr. Lennon. Thank you. Well, my cow, uh, as you know, it's good. It's one of the best of Hereford, the crossbreed. It's well known in Thailand, the kettle and the long horn. Very breeding and a lot of luck to you, so thank you. Thank you very much. You don't seem to know anybody here, do we? <laughs> is that, is that, it's old Charlie, I guess. I think it is, you know, I think it is. Hey, Charlie. Charlie, come over. Come on. 
What? She'd have bird in a corner, job. All right, all right, that's enough of that. Come on. What are you doing here? Come on. All right, come on, what are you doing here? Come on. What is it one of the three of you doing hanging round here? Is he all right? <laughs> I think it was just a scratch, sir. Just a scratch, sir. It's just a scratch, sir. I think it was just a scratch, sir. Pie Records was one of the many companies that turned down John and his band in 1962. So when John's father showed up in 1965, they weren't going to lose out again. Cynthia Lennon. At Christmas 1965, we heard that Alf had made a record under the trendier name of Fred Lennon. That's my life, my love and my home, was awful and hugely embarrassing to John, who was furious at his father's blatant jump onto the bandwagon of his own success. He asked Brian to do anything he could to stop it. Whether Brian did or not, I don't know, but the record never made it into the charts and soon disappeared. On December 31st, Pie releases That's My Life by Fred Lennon. story where I once left off. I sailed with the tides and lived on dreams. I watched the sunrise over every ocean. That's my life, that's my love and my home. It started in Liverpool where I was born. No father to advise me, but I carried on. First time I saw the sea, I just knew this had to be. That's my life, that's my love and my home. I must tell you this, I was no heartbreaker, perhaps a dream maker. But as the years rolled by, I saw a lifetime of love go wrong. Pity was my partner all along. Yet listen to me, just let me tell you, now I've grown strong. It could be the end of my story, but my story will never end. As people have always told me, I've been a true friend. But little to give, but a heart to lend. That's my life, that's my love, and my home. I'll make no excuses for my own abuses. Because life makes us all that way. I could blame the cruel sea for taking away from me. That's my life, that's my love, and my home. That's my life, that's my love, and my home. That was my life, my love, 
and my home. In the USA, Wooly Bully hits the year's top pop. Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Stones make the top 10 as Dylan's Rolling Stone hits one below 40. Jackie DeShannon is on, and the Beatles' Ticket to Ride rides back to back with Bert Kemfort's Red Roses for a Blue Lady. Come flying in with folk rock to land with a solid number five. Do 
It was a lovely song, Norman. Mm. I thought it was really wonderful, and it's a nice foot tapper, mm. and really get the kids swinging. I thought it was nice to dance to, but I don't know about the top 20. Uh, well, his first record came out in 1938, backed by Ted Heath and the Mongol Makers. Along with them, they had a great percussion, but after that, there was nothing heard of him, and I hope he comes back. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. I'm Paul Kaminsky. And I'm James Kaminsky. And we are the co-hosts of the Third Men Podcast. We are a Jack White history podcast where we go over the White Stripes, Third Man Records, the list goes on. And occasionally, we do a funny voice or two. So you're going to probably want to get used to that. Or turn it off. Whatever your preference. Or whatever turns you on. (laughs) Hey now, you're an all-star, because occasionally... We'll do an all-star We did do an entire Smash Mouth episode once. That is true. (laughs) We are every other week on Wednesdays, and we are available on iTunes and really wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so why don't you come on and find yourself a little home here with us? We promise we'll be weird roommates. If I want to do the dishes without my pants on, that's my deal. That was weird. See? We weren't (laughs) even lying.